Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Get wisdom and understanding. Get wisdom and understanding. And I want to talk about that um, that second part tonight because I, I, I just really endorse what Jack says. Once our spirit's been made alive, so many things change. But we still need to grasp wisdom. We need to get hold of it. We need to get hold of truth and grasp it and get it into our life because God loves passionate people who are willing to dig deep once you've been saved, okay? so I, And look, there's a lot of wise people in this world, and they don't know God. There's a lot of wisdom. But I believe once we get saved, we actually tap in to God's wisdom a whole lot easier. Amen? So get wisdom and understanding is the second part of that verse. And, and I reckon the first part of that is actually to actually be teachable. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. It was a beautiful September uh, dry day. Uh, winter was almost over. The sun was shining, but not too hot, and spring was in the air. And my job for the day was to install around about 20 stay posts into strainers. In the old days, we did seven wire fences with stays and strainers. And it was to to fence off a block of of pine trees. And I was almost 21 years old. And the helper that my dad had hired um, was actually in his late 20s. And he was Australian. And he'd um, married a local Kiwi girl. Sorry, Kat. It's nothing against Australians here with with what I'm going to say. But um, he was a little bit proud. (laughs) And um, we got on most of the time. but I'm sure he did actually resent me being the boss at times when Dad wasn't around, and Dad was actually very ill. And as it turned out, he only had a week to live at that stage. Well, we prepared the first day, and we chiseled the hole, and it was going to fit really nice and snugly, and that all worked. And then I proceeded to explain where we would start digging the block in. And uh, he said, you're dreaming, mate. (laughs) He argued that I was completely in the wrong place with my spade. And I said, "Um, no, I explained the maths. As it goes down, it gets closer, you know, and it's got to be tight to work and blah, blah, blah. And I've done this quite a few number of times and, you know, I do know what to do. Anyway, he walked off. He stormed off. Um, He wasn't having it. Yeah, so... Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, the Bible says, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Proverbs 12.1. And so this guy wasn't keen to learn anything about stay-making that day. So I've called this message, Get Wisdom 101, Developing a Teachable Spirit. So if we want to grow in faith and worship acceptable to God, we need to begin with being teachable. I love the character and goodness of God we see in Genesis 4. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to Genesis 4, right at the beginning, and it was early days, and this is the story of Adam and Eve's 
family. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. And again she gave birth. This is a really, you know, this is like speed dating. This is speed birth. And again she gave birth to his mother, to his brother Abel. And um, <laughs> speed mating, thanks, Aaron. Um, <laughs> and Abel was a keeper of flocks. So suddenly this guy's grown up. He's keeping flocks. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. Wow, so much in two verses. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground, and Abel on his part also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, this is important, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Well, so after witnessing all that God had made, in a sense it must have been like an incredible moment when Adam and Eve birthed this first human child. And they must have been tempted to think, look, look what we've created. But what Eve says is so powerful. She says, I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? She gives glory to, the, um, to God for this incredible event. And in verse 2, we skip some time, and she's blessed with a second son. The spiritual key here is that when we give thanks for the first fruits, God blesses us with more. Did you catch that? He adds to it. He adds to our joy. First fruits are the things that he gives us first. And I think it's very important what we do with our first fruits, our first success, do we claim the glory or do we say it was God working through me? What do we do with our first paycheck? What do we do with our first hour in the day? Every day we wake up. What do we do with the first day of the week? First fruits are such an important thing in the Bible because it says, I want God to be blessed above everything else like we've done tonight, hopefully in worship. Verse 3, so the boys grew into farmers, one more gifted with livestock and one more able to grow the fruit of the land. But there's a problem when it comes time for offering thanks and worship. Notice the first difference. Abel brought the firstlings of his flock. He brought the best. He brought the firstborn, the, the prime ones, the fat ones, the really good-looking good ones. He brought the best, the fattest, healthiest ones. But Cain just sort of gathers up a few, you know, turnips or whatever he'd grown. Bit of this, bit of that, you know. Gathers up just whatever he can find to look good. And he brings that to God. God senses the lack of zeal in Cain. If you want to get wisdom, you've got to have some zeal. Out of duty, he had grabbed a bit of this and that. 
And um, he turned it into this sort of token offering. But not only is he a bit shamed out, or as we say in Huntley, shame out, when God calls it for what it is, a shoddy attempt at worship, his reaction reveals what's really going on. His unteachable heart is far from God. Abel's act of worship cost him something. It cost him the best animals, the very eatable ones, you know, that would have been awesome on the barbie. But it cost him something. What about your first fruit and my first fruit? Are they costing us something? I love that story in 2 Samuel 24, 24, where David insists on buying the threshing floor of um, and the oxen, both the threshing, flesh, threshing floor and the, and the cattle, off Aranah, the Jebusite, for an altar he's about to build for the Lord. And this guy, I think I'm saying it right, Aranah, um, sort of like how Amy speaks to Aaron at times, Aranah. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> he's about to build for the Lord. The owner says, nah, man, you can just have it. Have it. You're going to do something good for God. David turns to this guy and he says, I will not offer the Lord what has cost me nothing. So he's, in other words, saying, I don't care about what it's worth. I've got to pay for it because otherwise I've given something to God that cost me nothing. And he builds this altar, kills the cattle, burns them, And he holds back the plague from all Israel with his act of zeal and for having, you know, sacrificed real real cash, you know. If you've traveled a long way to get here tonight, farmers, thank you. (laughs) Um, If you've, you know, come all the way back from a festival, Sarah, this morning, then the Lord has noticed that. If it's cost you something to serve in your ministry, you know, leaders have to often fork out. If it's cost you something, then God will reward you. Back to Cain. The Lord comes to him as a good father does, and he says, why are you angry? He's got this real compassion in his voice. Why has your countenance fallen? I, I, I just love that word. Don't you love that word? Countenance. Um, my wife can do all sorts of expressions with her face. I know exactly what she means just by the way she looks at me. <laughs> and her countenance can be up or down as to, you know, and she's, she's a drama, you know, teacher, <laughs> so she can do it. And it's good. I love it. I love it about her. You know, there's God's approach to Cain's counterfeit you know, offering there. And and don't you just love the way God approaches Cain's disappointment? You know, if it was in, in old Kiwi land, we'd say, ah, oh, get over it, harden up, man. Snap out of it. That's what many young men have heard all their lives in these parts, isn't it? Get over it, man. Harden up. But God comes to Cain and he says, You know, if you get this right, your whole being will come right. Have another go. Come with another offering. You see, we thrive physically and emotionally when we're 
when, we, when we're rebuilt spiritually, like Jack was sharing, our attitude determines our altitude. Being grateful is the first step. You can teach skills to someone who's teachable far easier than to change the character of someone who's always right in their own eyes. Hey. And it's also easier to rein in a bit of youthful enthusiasm, this is one of Aaron's quotes, than to stir up apathy. <laughs> easier to rein in enthusiasm than to stir up apathy. See, we have to put in some effort. Cain was half-hearted. So God brings the warning. If you don't do well, sin is crouching at the door. Verse 7. I think it's a, an amazing picture of sin. Sin tries to make itself seem small and insignificant, like it's just crouching at the door. I sort of picture Gollum. Is it Gollum in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> you know, sin crouching at the door. I want it. You know. <laughs> And that's the, the picture that, that, that God brings about sin. You know, it seems to be attracted to hurt and offense. Sin's sort of just lurking around waiting to attract itself to your hurts. If you're carrying hurts and offenses, sin is crouching at the door, looking small. But, you know, little sins become big sins. You know, a small tax dodge soon becomes a big tax dodge. A small compromise morally soon becomes an addiction because that's the nature of sin. A scientist once speculated that if you could eliminate all of the outside influences, a butterfly flapping its wings in Brazil could technically cause a hurricane in Texas. <laughs> Small ripples get bigger and bigger in a pond, don't they? The, the ripples go out, even when the stones disappeared. Small choices have large consequences projected out. Such is the spread of sin when it's tolerated. When it appears small at the beginning, you put up with it when it's little. But little things grow. They become big problems. But the opposite's true. We spoke about courage this morning. We spoke about courage and legacy going out from lives dedicated to the Lord. So the opposite's true too. Courage and, and legacy leave ripples that go out as well. Wouldn't you rather be putting out ripples of courage, ripples of faithfulness, Dedication to the Lord. So Cain allows the choice, wanting him to choose life by mastering sin, getting on top of it. That's what mastering means, getting on top of it, you know, being the boss of it. You see, we can't cast out the old nature, as Jack just said in his testimony. We've got to die to it, eh, Jack? Die, die to it daily. <laughs> Starving it. Of any new material. Praise God, Jesus paid for every sin on the cross. Victory is ours over sin, no matter how small, no matter when it's got a bit bigger. We simply need to daily enforce that victory Christ has won and master the old nature. Tell it off. 
when its desire is for your affection and your time and your money. Sadly, Cain couldn't or wouldn't master it and he allowed jealousy to rule and grow and fester until he rose up and killed his brother. That little thing God challenged became murder. You know, we're still pretty good at this, aren't we, today? It's called the tall poppy syndrome. We destroy others, maybe not with a rock, but with words. When, we, when they seem more successful than us, or, yeah... And let's instead just use our words for praise and thanks. Let's try and use our words to be grateful for those we are in Christ with, not for what we do or don't have. A committed life is true worship, Romans 12.1. Only then does this teachable spirit rule our hearts instead of pride. Can you be corrected? Do you say sorry often? Let's not be a stiff-necked people, but like clay in the hands of the master potter. It's a pleasure to work with those who are teachable. Is that right, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> he sees a few um, building project managers at work <laughs> who like to do it this way or that way. It's, it's a pleasure to work with those who are teachable, those who are keen to move on forward. People who have died to what they want and are living by faith like Abel, genuine in worship. So speaking about moving forward, when I was on the, the board of Narrows Park Youth Camp, we decided to sell off. Some of you have heard this story before. I'm just, I love this story. Some of us on the board decided to sell off the pews in the chapel because they took up a lot of room. And we couldn't have a whole lot of kids sitting on the floor anymore because all these pews were in the way. And it was better for the kids to you know, be able to get on the floor and just get in groups and have fun. And um, so we decided we'd put them on Trade Me. And I was certain that we would get like this backlash, this sort of like negative response because the chapel had been donated. You know, I thought, ooh, we're going to get someone to say, what? What have you done? Changed, you know, changed, you know, <laughs> sold the pews. But nothing happened, not a thing, not a dicky bird. This last pews went, and and I asked around a bit. Does does anyone has anyone heard any problems about us selling the pews? And the answer came back: um, the people who gave the chapel have all died. I learned that day. <laughs> I learned that day that dead people don't complain. Sorry, that's probably a little bit raw for some. When we die to the old nature, we don't sweat the small stuff. If we've died in our old nature, then we don't get so worried about the small stuff. I'm working on it. My fencing friend, my fencing friend, my Aussie mate, had some time out to cool off. And one day later, he came back and helped for the rest of the day, doing it my way. And we talked about Sydney house prices being absolutely ridiculous. 30000 for a price of a house in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> 
Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Anger. Turns out in the end, he was teachable. And it's where we finish that counts, isn't it? So let's offer God true worship. That includes what we do with the other six days of the week. Let's give him our first fruits, the first part of the day, the first day of the week. Let's give him the best of our offering to him, of ourselves. Let's not bring anything to him that has cost us nothing. And let's be a teachable people who master the old nature by being able to be corrected and by bowing the knee daily in acts of service and worship. Proverbs 23.23 Buy truth and don't sell it. Get wisdom and understanding. Get wisdom and understanding. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. How it just so beautifully sums up your character and dealing with those who have fallen and slipped up. And, Lord, that's us. And, God, in so many ways we let you down. And we just pray, Lord, that you're to come at this moment and do, do a work in us. And, God, teach us to be um, more like you by giving up those things that offend you, by, by giving you the best of our ourselves, dedicating and rededicating again our lives to the King of Kings. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony that we've heard tonight. And we know that the words of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb, and loving not our life unto death, you will, you will save us, Lord. And we'll overcome by those things. Power of testimony, Lord, let us have better testimonies, more testimonies, that we value testimony over title. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast.